Hey, this is Ashlyn, former co-host of the Top 10 Recovery Podcast, The Betrayed, The Addicted, and The Expert. I have had my challenges, but I am also living proof that joy is possible, even when life does not go as planned. I'm excited to share with you real examples of living a life full of adventure, true healing, and freedom, no matter how messy life gets. Each episode, I will introduce you to someone I love and respect to talk about ways to be the buffalo and to face your storms in different areas of life. 10 things that I wish I had done differently in my marriage. This is hindsight 2020. It is the things that I'm starting to really, really notice as I am dating and doing things differently and just seeing the blind spots that I knew were there, but I wasted a lot of time. I wasted a lot of energy. Um, I would say the word to describe it is withholding. I withheld a lot of the things that I love to be and do because I was, it was a fear of rejection. It was uh, pain and sorrow. It's, it's just ridiculous. So um, these are things that uh, actually I saw a friend here on Facebook share his uh, a little bit different, but, and it just like easily triggered 10 for me because I think even now, if you are married, if you are getting married, like there's things that you can say, these are the 10 things that I want that are so important to me. So these maybe aren't my, that's maybe another, another list. I don't know, but I think it speaks to all of the things that I love and I meant, so we're going to go with it. All right. Number one, be more honest. This is where withholding comes in. So I'm not talking about lies. I am not a liar. What I am talking about is when I see my, or my partner helps me make the bed, did I like recognize that or did I withhold because I'm afraid? Um, I wish I had given more praise. I wish for like little things. I always did the big things, the little things that you love and don't realize how much <laughs> you love until you don't have it. Um, I wish I'd been more honest in the hard things I took a lot of time to process, which sometimes I still do, but I took, and we, ha- we got to the point where in therapy we were taught, okay, you cannot, you can no longer just shut down Ashlyn and leave the room and not talk about it for days and just be mad with silent treatment. It's not going to work anymore. So, okay. We come up with rules of engagement when we have hard things, we're hurt, all these things. There's rules. One of them is to revisit it, talk about it 24 hours later, I can give you a whole day to go and process. My problem was I waited the 24 hours and then, yeah, I could have done it in like 30 minutes. I could have done it in 10. Um, it's the ego. I wish I'd just been more upfront and it's like radical honesty of just like, here I am right now. I feel that, and it's, mm, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> I think I've said this in the last two podcasts. Disclaimer, I have learned how to process in a lot of therapy. And so I can, in, you know, a five minute period, experience a trigger or feel really hard feelings, process and then share. So there you go. Uh, Number two is play together more. So I love 
time and activities. That is my love language. And so I wish I had the la- probably the last three years of our relationship, I was, you know, I, I like to be really active and be outdoors and do things. And if my partner doesn't want to do those things with me, I chose to just go alone or go with girlfriends. And that's totally fine. I still need those things, but I never was doing fun things with my partner because we didn't like the things, the same things anymore. We grew into different people and the things I loved to do were not the things he loved to do and vice versa. And so I would, I wish I would have been a little more pushy, I guess, about that. And just saying, this is something that I need and everyone needs to have fun. That is one of the things that I challenge my girls every day. Did you have fun today? 10 minutes or more, go sing in the car, go dance in your bedroom or the kitchen or whatever, go have fun. And that's important to do as a couple. Um, Number three is speak their love language. So uh, if you don't know the five love language tests, go look it up and take the free test and figure out what you are, what your kids are, what your partner is, and then love them in that way. Because (laughs) we talked about this in group today. Um, The mom guilt is just overwhelming. And so when you're struggling and then your parent, your kid comes and says, you know, I'm not feeling loved from you. I don't get enough time from you or any of those things. Uh, the mom guilt's like all the way. Right. And we're already in hard things. Um, I can say, well, me showing you love right now, it's like, I'm earning money for us to live in this house. I am um, me showing you love is making you dinner every night and I make you breakfast and I blah, 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 blah. Right. Unless their love language is service or like, they're just not going to see that as love. That's just mom. And so when I ask my child or my partner, okay, so your love language is words of affirmation. Tell me what that actually looks like. Because um, ironically for me, I love love notes. I love happy notes. I love that stuff. I will keep that stuff. I don't like verb verbiage um, affirmations. They're not my favorite. I don't know, probably because there's no memory. Like it's just there and then it's gone. Um, I love, I love memories, pictures and, and notes. I don't save a lot of things, but I will save those things forever. Um, so just loving more in that way and, and really making an effort one year, probably six years ago, I put, um, probably five, I joined this group where it was a push group and we're, we're going to develop new habits. And I wanted to love in a, the two love languages of my partner, which are words of affirmation and physical touch. And so I wanted to every day for four months, challenge myself to do at least three of a mix of those. And so what I had to do, and I did this, by the way, I I did it. And it became something that was easier for me to love in a way that was kind of foreign to me. Um, But the interesting thing is I, unless I ask, I still may not get credit for actually loving them in their love language. So I asked for 10, 10 types of ways I can show up with physical touch. So like, it can be something so simple of when I'm at the kitchen sink, a hug from behind, like it's so simple. And yet if we don't get descriptive and we don't ex- you know, share, like this is how I view the world in this love language, they're likely not the same. 
they were likely not. So um, asking so that you can give isn't incredibly important. All right, number four is to be more present. And so what that looks like for me now is I run social media businesses for my phone. So I have that stupid thing all the time. Uh, but I'm very intentional about making sure I just, I set it down so that I'm not seeing all the notifications. Um, I use my focus time so I can say I'm working out or I am sleeping, I'm doing these things, I'm hiking, whatever, so that only certain people can come through with notifications. I value my time. I have time limits on my social media apps. Um, but it came to the point where it wasn't enough. And so I um, worked really hard on it, but I, even now with kids, with dates, whatever, I'm super intentional about, I don't want to be on my phone because I don't like the way it feels for me when someone is having a conversation with me on their phone. Um, I literally had a like full body um, experience the other day when that happened because of the story I was telling myself, not necessarily exactly what was happening, but the story I tell myself when someone's on their phone while I'm talking to them is mean. I, I, I give myself a lot of, they don't, I don't matter. My voice doesn't matter. Like I'm not interesting. They don't care what I think. Um, that's the story I'm telling myself. And so of course I'm just immediately like, because oh, I hear that voice. Um, so for me to be more present, it's not just sitting next to my kids while they're playing a game on TV and I'm on my phone because I'm still in another world. If I do that, I don't really want to watch their game, but I can sit and I can, I can watch it. I can do that for five minutes. I can do that for 10 minutes. Um, so that, okay. Um, I don't do Marco Polo's in front of my kids. Like rarely, I try not to even post in front of my kids. I just try to be more present. So that's something I do while dating. And <laughs> I've noticed I have a large gaps of when I would post because I'm with that person. Um, okay, number five is I wish I would have hired help sooner. Now this can look different for everyone, but for me, you know, it wasn't help in the home. It was virtual help. I needed help especially the beginning of 2021, which is when we decided to divorce, I was very overwhelmed and I couldn't take on more, but it was also the end of 2020 when people were falling apart. And um, a lot of times during the holidays, that's D-Day, disclosure day for a lot of people. That's when they find out the hard truths that rock their world. And so people were asking for help. I was in my own little pit saying, I don't know how to get out of this zero chance I was thinking I'd be here today, like zero. I was, it, I just had so much fear of what today looks like. And I wish I could just go back and be like, oh my gosh, just like, it's okay. Don't even worry about it. I mean, obviously you got to worry about it. You got to grieve it, but I wish I had a little bit more hope last March than I did, than I did. <laughs> Yeah, I said that weird, but um, I hired help during that time because I was overwhelmed. And so I have these beautiful women that I've been able to mentor now facilitating groups for me. We can help more people. It allows them to give in ways that they may not be able to otherwise because they don't share their stories public. Um, 
And it relieves so much of the overwhelm for me to, I, billing was ridiculous. I was like billing people way like a month out of too late because I was just overwhelmed. So to hire a friend to say, hey, take over all these things that I avoid, it's been amazing. I love it. Um, so that would have affected my marriage because if I'm not feeling that ugh, pressure and overwhelm at work, and then I'm not feeling it with my kids and I'm not feeling it with my relationship, I show up different for sure. Um, okay. I wish number six that I had listened more. And so for me, that means truly listening to someone's conversation they're having with me. Um, also listening to some of what was not said, if that makes sense, more in the nonverbal or in their actions, because I mean, we all know words are cheap. It's the actions that matter. And that dang intuition would tell me when actions didn't line up and I was just too scared. It was just like, no, I see the good more than I see the bad to a fault a lot. Um, so listen more, which goes into number seven, which is to be more aware. And this is one that my friend said, and it just hit me hard because, uh, he was also surprised by his partner asking for a divorce. I was surprised. And when I look back hindsight, there are lots of cues that I missed, um, because we were in the middle of a huge life transition of buying our first brand new car and buying a home and then choosing to remodel. Like it was just a lot of transition um, that I pushed out that intuition of just like, we're fine. But truthfully, two weeks before he asked for a divorce, I asked, are you, do you have both feet in? Because I guess I wouldn't have asked that for a reason, right? It was my intuition. I was listening, but I was trusting others more than I was trusting myself. And so it makes me emotional like, to just feel that because I had to do a lot of uh, grief work in therapy on um, just forgiving myself and that's and allowing that sorrow for old me who who waited and who felt so rejected. Like I just, I hurt for her. I hurt for me a year ago who um, yeah, she just wasn't listening. <laughs> she wasn't aware of her own truths, um, and what I needed. And I was more concerned with not being rejected. <sighs> That's such a dumb way to live, but I lived it. If you're living it, stop wasting time. Oh my gosh. Now my chest is on fire. <sighs> okay. Um, speak the last or last two. Oh no, no, I have three left. Okay. So number eight is apologize sooner in a way that they love. Okay. So especially in the beginning of my relationship, I never apologized. Like I think I try, I would try and then be told like, that's not the right way. And so I just keep up. I, I would, didn't feel safe doing it. And I let my ego hold me back. Like it was just so stupid. And so when he would apologize, I would be quick to be, me too. And then we talk, but that got old for him to be the, like the, what is the word? 
instigator every time. And so if you go to that five love language test website, there's also one for apologies. And that was kind of a game changer for me because when I took the test, it was very like, very clear. I like an apology with action. So, okay, you're sorry that this happened. Show me, <laughs> like, what are you gonna do different? Um, it's that repentance or I get, is it? I don't know. Uh, but it, he needed an apology in a different way. And so that's where we were kind of butting heads as we weren't able to give um, always in the ways that we needed. Actually, he got really good at giving, at showing. I would say recovery created that space for him to, to give an apology with action, um, which not everyone needs that. Some people just need the words. So sooner, I wish I would have done it sooner. Stop wasting time. That dang avoidant attachment that just pulls away. It just wasted so much energy and time for me in my marriage. Yeah. And I, a lot of this I'm thinking of before recovery, but some of it is still in recovery. Those years of what, seven, eight years that we were still married and in recovery. Uh, number nine is speak more gratitude daily. So gratitude for my own life, gratitude for my partner, gratitude for us. You know, like look at we, what we are creating together. I wish I had told him and myself and, you know, like say it out loud so my kids can hear. I wish I had done more of that daily. And that is actually one of the dailies that I asked the women I mentor to share because if we can go to bed every night and instead of saying, I didn't do this and this, and I, we, you know, a lot of us, that's what we're, we're rehashing conversations. We're um, maybe stressed about tomorrow instead of just some good old fashioned gratitude and being proud of myself for what something I've done that day, uh, being grateful for the people in my life and the things they've done and for what, you know, your higher power has provided. So speaking it, showing it, all those things. And the last one is kind of one I already started to talk about is trusting myself more. And especially for someone who's been betrayed. And as a reminder, I worked through that years ago and we did not divorce for that reason. Um, my trusting myself, I don't, I don't know that I didn't trust myself when I got married, but as the marriage went on and you have, if you've been betrayed, you know this scenario that I'm going to describe, but hearing, feeling off. Okay. I feel off. I don't feel safe. I'm feeling some like jealousy or trust issues with my partner. Hmm. That's my intuition. So I start to notice, and then I can't tell the, the difference sometimes, um, between, am I just jumping and assuming something, or is this my intuition telling me, Hey, go ask. So I didn't have a lot of skills in the beginning. And so when I felt those feelings of something is off, I would straight up ask, are you <laughs> secretly looking at porn? Are you having an affair? And the answer was always no. And so I would get confused as to, I feel this and I feel something is off, but they're telling me this and they don't line up and it doesn't feel right, but I love them and I feel convinced. And so, okay. And then when everything comes out, it's like, oh my gosh, my intuition must be broken because how did I miss that? But hindsight 2020, I never missed it. I still never miss it in dating. My intuition is always right. It's just, am I 
listening? Am I acting? And am I trusting my gut? And that has been probably the most empowering thing for me after divorce is to see that like always I should trust myself because I've definitely like I just can zoom out and look at my timeline of my life and it's like so obvious when I'm telling my you know that intuition kicks in and then my heart breaks for my for younger me who would trust it and then trust someone else instead so rebuilding trust after betrayal is absolutely possible but I think we place our trust in the wrong thing and so that's something I've been trying to teach. We teach it in Beyond Betrayal, our online course. We teach it in our group settings um, because trusting myself before I trust anyone else is going to build trust <laughs> because I'm never going to uh, trust a partner who says I won't ever cheat if I don't trust that I will know and then I'll be okay. And that's been the biggest like, that's what helped me let go so much of that 21 year relationship is the trusting myself that I got me. And yes, I want to grow old with someone, but I got me. And if that's not my path, it's not my path, but yeah, knowing me and knowing my truth, trusting it, acting on it. These are some of the things that I wish I had done different. These are the things I'm trying to do different. Uh, as I move forward in relationships and I just, I guess my message is if you are married or maybe you're divorced, if you're divorced, write your own list and, and figure out some of your blind spots of where you can show up differently in future relationships. Um, if you're married, you can still write the list because I think, I don't know, I just think relationships can always be um, beautiful growth opportunities. They don't have to be as hard as mine was. I'm learning that. I, I just, I last this time last year, I was like, is there really such thing as an easy love? Like, will I ever find that? And now I know I worked really hard. <laughs> I worked, I, I worked way too hard in my last marriage to love. And I just, I'm not doing that the same. Thanks for being here with me today. Whether I was with you doing your dishes while you got ready or driving in your car. If you found a nugget in this episode, please take 30 seconds. You can click on the link below in the show notes and leave me a quick review over on iTunes. Or you can share on social media or shoot me an email. It offers me your support without you having to spend a dime or much of your time. Until next time, be the buffalo.